0: Essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.
1: It's taking over me and I can hardly breathe. I need a problem solver, someone to cure my sorrow. It's taking over me and I can't feel the This hate is so contagious, sometimes I cannot take it.
0: Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. On this week's episode, we're going to check out all the events that are leading up to next weekend. Well, there's a lot of events happening, such as Smash Wrestling live in London, Ontario, NWA having their Into the Fire pay per view, and of course, WWE TLC. Well, thank you for joining me each and every week. Whether you're joining me on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or iTunes, plus any of the other locations you can get podcasts from,
1: I'll be right back after these very short messages.
0: Shockstock 2020 is New Earth's biggest pop culture expo and film festival. The real end is near. As the outside world falls into chaos, word of a sanctuary for mutants, freaks, goblins, and geeks spread throughout the land. Three days of thrills and chills, with screenings, panels, celebrities, workshops, interactive fun, vendors, all-nighter parties, and more. Stay tuned for guest announcements and more info. Wrestling fans, join me each and every Friday on our Facebook or YouTube channel for the production line. I stop by the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory and catch the stars of tomorrow being built today here in London. Tyson's been in business for the last two years and we've already seen stars come out of the factory such as Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Alec Realm, Jordan James, the wave maker Kyle Boone, the smartest man in wrestling, Michael Grayson cyrus bowman rodney matthews and tyson's own son ethan dukes many more of the students of the future are seeing their way to the rings in arenas nearby you you don't want to miss the production line where you can see the beginnings happening today on the production line each and every friday check us out on facebook or youtube
1: Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast.
0: Welcome back to the show. Let's start off as we do each and every episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast with the Ontario wrestling scene. And of course, we're starting off with Smash Wrestling. Smash Wrestling returns to London in the London Music Hall next Sunday, December 15th. Doors open at 4 p.m. with the first bell at 5 For Remix You a Merry Christmas, it's the Smash Wrestling Christmas Party. Smash Wrestling's gift to the fans this year is a $10 discount for VIP and general admission tickets. Some of the matches you'll see on this card include a Reindeer Rumble. Santa had nine reindeer and this Rumble will have nine entrants. That's why it's going to be called a Reindeer Rumble. You'll see the first ever title defense of the Women's Championship with Rosemary defending against Alexia Nicole. Cody Deaner goes one-on-one with Sebastian Suave. Tyson Dukes takes on Tyler Turva. Psycho Mike Rollins will take on Kyle Boone, with Josh Pine in his corner. The tag team titles will be on the line as the Revolt challenge once again Halal Beefcake for the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Championships, and Andrew Everett will challenge Kevin Bennett for the Smash Wrestling Championship. All this happens at the London Music Hall, December 15th. Doors open at 4 p.m., bell at 5. You can get your tickets at smash-wrestling.com. It's the Remix You a Merry Christmas Smash Wrestling Christmas Party. Checking out the Ontario Wrestling Calendar today at 1 p.m. Championship Wrestling from Ontario presents Towards the Fight Before Christmas, At the Rock Pile in Toronto. Doors open at 1 p.m. Also this afternoon, December 8th, Courage Pro Wrestling presents Extreme Behavior at the Germania Club in Hamilton, Ontario. Doors will open at 4 p.m. Some of the matches you'll see include Kobe Durst challenging Sabrina Kyle for the CPW Championship in a ladder match. The Hamilton Heritage Championship will be on the line as Eric Kearney defends against an opponent yet to be named. Johnny DeLuca takes on Ethan Dukes. The CPW Tag Team Championships will be on line as Tyson Dukes and Jake Jones take on The Empire. In a special attraction match, Ethan Page faces off against Tyler Arrow. In a grudge match, Beautiful Bia, Goes one-on-one with hacker Scotty O'Shea. Another special attraction match features Josh Alexander going one-on-one with Mike Forte. And in extreme behavior, barbed wire mayhem match, Aiden Rain, with Mark Shaw in his corner, takes on Holden Albright. Miss Becky will be the special guest referee for this event, and you won't want to miss any of the action that happens this afternoon in Hamilton, Ontario for... Courage Pro Wrestling General admission tickets are $15 VIP or $20 Doors open at 3.30 Bell time at 4 Looking into next week Championship Wrestling from Ontario presents Thursday Night Slam December 12th at the Rock Pile in Toronto On Saturday, December 14th Pro Wrestling Ontario presents Confidential happening in Burlington, Ontario Confidential is a secret show, and here's the concept. There will be talent announced. The parties have been contacted, but until the day of the show, a lot of people will be kept in the dark about what's ahead. This will truly be a test for their performers. As usual, they have time to prepare for what's ahead of them. But without that preparation, they will have to think fast and throw strategy out the window and take it as it comes. Some of the talent been announced include... The Canadian Bad Boy, Tyler Hill. Straight Up Taylor K. Dean. The Empire, Warhead. Pretty Ricky Wildly. Ricky Stardust. Clay Wilson. Johnny D. And the King of the North, Carter Mason. That's Pro Wrestling Ontario presenting Confidential in Burlington, Ontario, Saturday, December 14th at 7pm. As mentioned earlier, Sunday, December 15th. Remix Your Merry Christmas by Smash Wrestling at the London Music Hall. Doors opening at 4 p.m. Also happening December 15th, Greek Town Wrestling presents Greek Town 15 featuring Two Cold Scorpio at the Damforth in Toronto. Some of the matches you'll see at Greektown Wrestling include a fatal four way match featuring Jody Threat, Kevin Blackwood, Space Monkey, and Kobe Durst. Daniel Garcia goes one-on-one with Trent Gibson. Kevin Blackheart takes on Aiden Prince. Frankie the Beast King takes on Channing Decker in a steel cage match for the Town Championship. And in tag team action, TDT will go against two of the pillars, Tarek and Brent Banks. All this and more at Greektown Wrestling, December 15th at 5 p.m. on the Danforth in Toronto. And on Friday... December 20th, Superkick Pro Wrestling Rock Show and Training Center presents You Wish at the Great Hall in Toronto. Tarek will defend his Superkick Championship against Alex Weir. And this concludes your Ontario Indie Wrestling Calendar and information for this week.
1: Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, And many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road, here in London.
0: This week on NWA Power, it was the last episode that Jim Cornette had been recording. The Rock and Roll Express, yes, the guys from the... 80s of the NWA were challenging for the tag team titles as well. Episode number nine was also listed as the season finale, which might mean there's not an episode next week, even though they still have a week and a half to go until their pay per view. Well, actually, from this recording, it'll be six days until their pay per view, so there might not be an episode this Tuesday, but their pay per view into the fire is scheduled for next Saturday. There was supposed to be a non-title match between national champion Colt Cabana and Ricky Starks, but that got interrupted by Aaron Stevenson question mark coming out, and Aaron Stevens wanted to do a match with again, with Ricky Starks. So they had their match and question mark got sent to the back, plus Colt Cabana had left the ringside area. During the match, Question Mark returned and interfered, allowing Stevens to pick up the victory over Ricky Starks. There was an interview segment to lead up to the 203 Falls match for the championship between Nick Aldis and James Storm. James Storm also picked Brian Hebner as an official referee for the match. I believe Nick Aldis will also be picking a referee as they head into into the fire. Great Muda had a advertised promo that he's going to be on the show. And then there was a... Promo from 1979 about some guy loving number one, Mr. Number One Paul Jones. Nick Eldis did his own interview uh, segment and questioned whether or not James Storm deserved a title shot and went on to pick his referee for the match, and that's going to be Tim Storm. Nick also said that due to the controversy involving Camille and the actions that she does are just her own, he didn't want an asterisk beside his title victory if she had happened to interfere. So he's apparently giving her the night off so that it is truly one-on-one, man-against-man, James Storm versus Nick Aldis, 203 falls for the championship Into the Fire. There was a video involving the question mark, walking the streets, there was a woman dubbing the uh, commentary over top of it, and they, he says that everybody loves him, and he's coming with the answer. Then there was a video with Great Muda squaring off against Nick Aldis at Wrestlecade, and Nick Aldis had uh, laid the title down, and let Muda know that he could challenge for it whenever he wishes. The main event saw the wild card defending their tag team championships against the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton picked up the victory with a roll-up, and they became the nine-time NWA champions. Jim Cornette even got into the ring to celebrate with them as the fans were chanting nine times. And that's basically how the show ended. Joe Galley had thanked Jim Cornette for all his contributions to the NWA, but while they didn't directly say the reason why he was leaving, with the controversy that is Jim Cornette's mouth, this is his last appearance with NWA. Uh, they also confirmed that tag titles will be online in a rematch at Into the Fire, along with the other matches that will happen. They also announced that replacing Jim Cornette as the commentator for NWA will be the former. Bad News Barrett, Stu Bennett, and he'll be joining the commentary team probably in time for the 14th at the pay-per-view. So to quickly run down the matches that will happen at the pay-per-view, it includes the Rock and Roll Express defending the tag titles in a rematch against the Wild Cards. Cole Cabana will defend the national championship against... Aaron Stevens, and Ricky Starks in a triple threat match. The Question Mark takes on Trevor Murdoch. Ashley Vox and Allison Kay will take on Melina and one of her two allies. Ken Anderson goes one-on-one with Eli Drake. And, of course, there's the 203 Falls match for the world title with Nick Aldis and James Storm, each having their own referees in place and apparently Camilla not being at ringside. And that happens on December 14th, a Saturday evening. Melina is interviewed and she says that she's the best thing to happen in women's wrestling and has her eyes on the women's champion Allison Kay. Allison came out, tried to challenge Melina to a match. Melina faked that she was going to get into the ring but then decided not to. And Allison Kay was then beat up by Marty Bell and Thunder Rosa.
1: This is Jim Strider live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast.
0: Last night Impact Wrestling put on No Surrender pay-per-view from Dayton, Ohio. The following are the results from No Surrender. Trey Miguel defeated Logan James and Tyler Matrix in, by pinfall. Rosemary defeated Madison Rain by pinfall. Rhino defeated Jeremiah by pinfall. Rhino then defeated Clayton Gaines also by pinfall. Michael Oven defeated Larry D. OVE, Jake Kreese, and Dave Christ defeated Desi Hit Squad and the Rascals by pinfall. Madman Fulton defeated Acer Marrow. Brian Cage. Crash Jackson, and Willie Mack by pinfall. Havoc defeated Taya Valkyrie by disqualification after Taya hit Havoc with a chair. However, Taya retained her Impact Wrestling uh, Knockouts Championship since it was a DQ. Eddie Edwards defeated Ace Austin in a tables match, and Sammy Callahan defeated Rich Swan by pinfall to retain the Impact World Championship. This, of course, is all leading up to Impact Wrestling's next pay-per-view, Hard to Kill. And some of the matches you're going to see, because there's only three announced so far, is Taya Valkyrie defending the Women's Championship, the Knockouts title, in a three-way match with Jordan Grace and ODB. Ace Austin is going to defend the X Division Championship against Trey Miguel. And Sam Callihan is in an intergender match for the Impact World Championship against Tessa Blanchard and into the I mean, hard to kill happens on January 12th from Dallas, Texas. In a few uh, tidbits of interesting news going on in the wrestling world, ACH joined up with MLW and no sooner did he do one match, he went crazy again and decided to quit wrestling. It looks like. Bray Wyatt, the Mr. Rogers version of Bray Wyatt, will be going against The Miz at TLC. Lance Storm has started his new role at the Performance Center. Shane McMahon will be on NCIS Los Angeles. Jessica Jessica Carr, should I say, made her debut on SmackDown roster as a referee. The United Kingdom Championship was stolen in a smash-and-grab incident in Chicago. So, Walter has now lost his championship somewhat like how Chris Jericho did, except for in this case, it was by theft. So, I'm not sure how soon they're going to get that title back. A lot of people on WWE, such as shows like The Bump and SmackDown, are talking about the budding relationship with Dana Brooke and Batista. Sheamus is making his return to WWE after being off for a little while. This Monday on Raw, Lana and Rusev are supposed to have their official divorce. So apparently they're going to have a judge there. I don't know how that's going to work out. Stacy Keebler has announced that she's expecting her third child. And last night, Tito Ortiz dominated Alberto El Patron making him submit in the first round. And oddly enough, they both really didn't have real championships on the line, but Tito was supposedly defending the legendary UFC championship against the first Mexican WWE championship. Alberto had his uh, replica WWE title with him, so now Tito Ortiz has that in his possession. After announcing that he wanted to get out of WWE, It now appears that only Larkin has signed a new contract with WD. Hopefully this doesn't turn into another Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis situation where you sign and then want to back out right after. Last week, WD had a one-hour-ish special on the network called Starcade so they're keeping the name alive but doesn't have the same prestige as what WCW had as Starcade which a lot of people associated as their sort of Wrestlemania in December. All I can say is in this case it would be nice to maybe switch around some of the WWE titles of pay-per-views and put Starcade as an actual landmark event to go back in time Maybe move Knight of Champions to December, rename it Starcade Knight of Champions, move TLC to, I believe it's September-ish when Knight of Champions is supposed to happen, and that keeps that alive. If not, you're gonna have people like Cody and the AEW trying to pick up old WCW names, which really, they should leave alone and not try and replicate and bring back to life. Things that happened in the past of WCW, or you're just going to be considered wcw light. WD just recently held their 17th annual Tribute to the Troops event in Marine Corps Air Station uh, New River and Marine Corps Base Camp uh, Lejeune. The company has announced that the broadcast date, uh, they haven't announced it yet, should I say, but it's traditionally uh, in December on the USA Network. What we do know is that Eric Rowan and Seth Rollins will go against each other in a boot camp match. Kevin Owens and Humberto Carrillo will go against Andrade and Drew McIntyre. And the women's tag team champions, Asuka and Carrie Zane, will go against Sarah Logan and Natalia. The 17th annual one, and a lot of it was started by JBL back when Desert Storm, not Desert Storm, when they... Uh, After 9-11, and uh, everything that happened in Iraq was going on at that time. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the smash wrestling tag team champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learn all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today.
1: You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast, y'all.
0: This week's AEW came to us from the State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois. It was once again hosted by Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, and the first match of the night was the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, along with the natural Dustin Rhodes taking on the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara, and proud and powerful Santana Ortiz. This was a very fast, quick 10-minute match. And there was a lot of super kicks, some Canadian destroyers, power bombs on knees. You name it; it was happening at a quick pace. In the end, Nick went to the top for a senton power bomb combo, and it was enough for Matt to score the victory over Sammy Guevara, and that's how they started off this edition of AEW. After having some impressive. Outcomes and victories over Pentagon and Phoenix the last couple of weeks. Trent was given a one-on-one match against Ray Phoenix. Trent was accompanied by Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Unfortunately, the momentum that Trent had came to an end when Phoenix rolled through and hit a cutter for, and a spinning muscle buster to pin Trent for the victory. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, came out. He wanted to address the AEW faithful, and Tony Schiavone was in the ring to conduct this interview. Cody said he was ready for Butcher and Blade, and that he was ready to have a match with them at any time. He'll even let them pick a tag team partner. He also then called out his former best friend, MJF, and wanted to challenged him to a fight. He also called him a bootleg version of Chris Jericho. He was offering up keys to his car, his watch that Tony Khan had given him, his expensive shoes, even a briefcase full of $50,000 in money as long as MJF would accept the challenge that was being presented to him. MJF has said that he will not face Cody even though he stabbed him in the back. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to take to get MJ off in the ring with Cody. Joey Janela was interviewed backstage. He was not happy about being somewhat backburnered and has accepted John Moxley's challenge. Even though they faced off against each other, he still said that this time Moxley will have to kill Joey Janela. There was a video for the Dark Order and then the native beast Nyla Rose took on the librarians, Levin Bates. And she was accompanied by Peter Avalon. Nyla Rose ended up winning with a beast bomb for a quick victory. But then afterwards, she hit another beast bomb on Leva. They did a spoof from NXT with having Britt Baker in the audience looking shocked. Exactly like how they did uh, how she got caught on camera for uh, TakeOver. They even made reference to the fact that she's Adam Cole's girlfriend. So, yeah, they're just taking more shots at NXT. And Nyla ended up putting the referee through a table as well to end the segment. Chris Jericho came out with Jake Hager. Uh, Jericho mentioned that he has sold 12,000 bottles of A Little Bit of the Bubbly, which are still apparently available at littlebitofthebubbly.com. And that was only in just one week. He also ended up producing a list of wrestlers that he's refusing to compete against. And before he could be caught in saying it was a list of Jericho, he said it was the lexicon of Le Champion. Jericho was then confronted by Jurassic Express. And Jungle Boy wondered what Jericho thought of him. And if he could beat him, Jericho called him a piece of shit and said that Jungle Boy couldn't last 10 minutes with him. Jungle Boy responded that he could last 10 minutes and he was going to uh, kick Jericho's ass. He then slapped Chris Jericho. So this match is now officially made for the December 18th edition of AEW Dynamite, which I believe both Dynamite and NXT will be loading up their uh, cards on the 18th. Since they're probably not having anything on Christmas and possibly nothing on Boxing Day. So they're at least end the year with a bang, both shows are. Chris Statlander took on Hikaru Ishida, and the women's division is starting to take form. They just need to now put some emphasis on it, somewhat like they have a bit with the tag team division. And the ending saw Statlander hit a cradle tombstone. For the victory and become the number one contender for the women's championship, Brandy Rose and Awesome Kong came out to the ring next. Brandy said that uh, her and Awesome Kong were part of the Nightmare Collective, which is an extension of the Nightmare Family. Brandy asked uh, Chris Statlander to pledge herself to the Nightmare Collective, but Statlander wasn't too eager to do do so there was a loud fan at ringside who begged to do the pledge so the the fan was catching brandy's attention security escorted her to the ring where awesome con cut off the fan's hair with a knife the fan was on her knees and brandy uh, began shaving this fan's head then this actually happened during a pitcher and pitcher segment so people might be a little confused with what happened with that um but that was what was going on it did seem a little bit like how Serena D did that with CM Punk years ago as part of the Straight Edge Society. So not sure yet who that volunteer was, but we're sure to find out eventually what her actual name is or what her new name will be. Pentagon went one-on-one with fallen angel Christopher Daniels. Pentagon went after Daniels' legs, and somewhere along the line, Daniels actually messed up a move whether it was also to sell the knee injury or not but he tried to uh, do a springboard flip off the apron onto the top rope and over onto the ramp where pentagon was laying and he totally missed it so i'm not sure as i said if that was part of the selling job of the knees or if oops he missed either way the Match ended when Pentagon kicked Daniels in the groin and Pentagon finished off Daniels with a package pile driver for the victory. There was also a video that aired for the Butcher, Blade, and Bunny, and Bunny said that they are here to cut off the heads of the snake. The main event saw Joy Janella against John Moxley. There was a lot of uh, attempts at the DDT, the Paragon shift, and in the end, moxley did end up getting the paragon shift from the top turnbuckle and then hit another one to janella to score the victory chris jericho's music began to play and le champion uh, surrounded by the inner circle walked through the crowd and jericho raised the world title to show moxley and taunted him with it as the show ended the next uh episode will be December 11th, and we'll see what happens there. This week on AEW Dark, also, uh, this coming Tuesday, it should have another Kenny Omega match on it. This is Sting Bassi, you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Taking a quick look at everything that happened in WWE this week, as they lead up to... Another pay-per-view, TLC, next Sunday, which really doesn't have much build-up to it. So they have all next week that they're going to have to put everything together. And also, as I said, NXT is getting ready for, I believe, December 18th, which will be their final show of the year on TV. Looking at Monday Night Raw, AOP crossed crashed Seth Rollins' apology to the roster. Kevin Owens defeated Bobby Lashley by disqualification, and Lashley and Lana were arrested after the match because Rusev came down, and they said that they had a restraining order, but for some reason, the cops in Tennessee kind of went against that and arrested Lana and Lashley. Drew McIntyre defeated Akira Tozawa and challenged Randy Orton. Orton had come out and they started talking but got interrupted by the OC and Drew McIntyre stepped away. The OC then started a brawl with Randy Orton and or- Orton was saved by Ricochet, Carrillo, and Rey Mysterio. Alistair Black defeated Tony Nice. Andrade defeated Eric Young. Kyle Busch was at ringside and ended up pinning R-Truth in the crowd to become the new 24-7 champion. That later on went back to our truth in a backstage segment after the show. Eric Rowan defeated No Way Jose, and some of No Way Jose's conga line people tried to look into what was in the cage and got destroyed by Eric Rowan. The WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Kabuki Warriors, defeated Charlotte Flair in a two-on-one handicap match. The Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, defeated Mark Sterling and Mitchell Lyons, so two local competitors. And in the main event, the OC defeated Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and Humberto Carrillo in a six-man tag team match. Then Wednesday night on NXT, Killian Dane defeated Pete Dunne, Keith Lee confronted the Undisputed Era. NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler defeated Zaya Lee. The Forgotten Sons defeated Adrian Allison and Leon Ruff. Mia Yim brawled with Dakota Kai while Shayna Baszler attacked Rhea Ripley. Matt Riddle defeated Cassius Ono. Kushida returned to the ring and he went against Cameron Grimes and defeated him. And the main event saw Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dajakovic defeat the Undisputed Era. Of course, Finn Balor got involved, and they were setting up a triple threat match for next week, with the winner going against Adam Cole on December 18th. Finally, on SmackDown on Friday, Bray Wyatt tormented The Miz during Miz TV. He had a picture of himself instead of Miz with Miz's children and Maurice. And so, Miz was concerned of the safety of his family. It appears as though uh, Miz and Bray Wyatt are going to go against each other at TLC for the Universal Championship. But in this case, it's not going to be The Fiend. It's going to be Bray Wyatt going against the Miz. So, they're going to have to figure this one out if it's somewhat on the same line as when Finn Balor does The Demon. They should have thought about that sooner without overexposing The Fiend, as they have in creating this new championship belt that looks like Bray as The Fiend. In other action, Alexa Bliss defeated Mandy Rose. Elias and Dana Brooke embarrassed Drake Maverick. And for some reason, Drake Maverick is forgetting that he's married and is hitting on Dana Brooke. Elias is reminding him that uh, he's married. But at the same time, they're also acknowledging Dana Brooke and her budding relationship with Batista. So they got a lot going on with nothing going on at the same time. Like, how it's going to, there's no payoff really. Because even if Drake's wife left him for Elias, that leaves Drake out in the cold, Dana's not going to hook up with either of them since they're acknowledging the romance that's starting on, at least with Twitter. Uh, messages back and forth between Batista and Dina. So, yeah, that's not going to go anywhere. I don't know what the plan is for this, but they also had Elias banking Drake Maverick in the middle of the ring for a show that's supposed to be the sports-oriented version for WWE. That really doesn't go over well with me, along with the final segment with the dog food. Anyways, The Revival defeated Mustafa Ali and Shorty G, Heavy Machinery, and the Lucha House Party in a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Elimination match to earn SmackDown Tag Team title opportunity against The New Day at TLC. Bailey and Sasha Banks retaliated against Lacey Evans for what happened the previous week, and the main event saw Roman Reigns defeat Dolph Ziggler, but then... King Corbin humiliated the big dog along with having four other security guys and Dolph Ziggler chain up Roman Reigns to the ring post. They beat him down and then started covering him in dog food. And that's how SmackDown ended this week, leading into, as I said, TLC, which is going to happen next Sunday, December 15th. Officially, there's only three matches on the card. And that has Bray Wyatt in a singles match with The Miz. The New Day defending against The Revival. And a TLC match with Roman Reigns and King Corbin. I have no idea what's going to be dangling above the ring for that one. Maybe a number one contendership. Who knows? And there is rumor that the women... Uh, tag team titles are going to be on line with uh, the Kabuki Warriors defending against Charlotte and Becky in the first ever women's TLC match that has yet to be announced but with everything that happened on Monday Night Raw Charlotte's going to need a tag team partner could be Becky again and setting up for that that hopefully will be established on Monday but that's everything for this week in WWE leading into a Very rushed TLC pay-per-view next week. This concludes another episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining me each and every week, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends so we can build our audience. Next week, I'll be back on Saturday to preview and predict what's going to happen at NWA's first pay-per-view into the fire, along with the preview of Smash Wrestling's We Wish You a Remix You A Merry Christmas and WD's TLC pay-per-view. So until next time, thank you for joining me and we'll see you next week.
1: Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.